Well, good morning, everyone. God bless you. This is Wow What a Show. And my name is Phyllis. I am the host, and we welcome you once again to Wow What a Show. As I said, our series is today Apples of Gold, reading through Proverbs. I um, thank you. That I see fresh and spaces all in place. And good morning, Tony. Again, how are you? Thank you so much for joining us. I'm sorry, I had a little issue. I had turned off my own uh, volume. And I didn't know what I had done to do that. So I had to thank you for your patience. And here we are this morning. Good morning, fresh and spaces. Anna Kane, how are you? Doing well. Good morning. Great, great. Sorry, I probably put you off there. No, I'm fine. I'm sorry. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm cutting in this morning. <laughs> I was going to say, okay. no, Do I'm that. fine. I need to make sure sometimes that I get in and I'm sitting here. I like to hear the music and be prepared. <laughs> so I, yes, I'm glad good. that you're here and I got that few seconds. <laughs> great. And guess what? We're in chapter what of Proverbs? We're almost halfway, 11. chapter 11, 11. Um, yeah. right? Yes. And of Love course, it. you are going to take over for us today, and I'm so glad about it. Um, okay. So I hand it over to you, and we'll just get, get right into it. Thank you. All right. Well, good morning. This is a really good morning, and I mm-hmm. praise the Lord that he is faithful to us every day. The Bible tells us, and we wouldn't have guessed it, but the Bible tells us that his mercies are new every morning. And so as we move into our reading today, and I won't be before the law audience too long, we'll make sure that we keep it uh, (laughs) under an hour today, uh, just because sometimes I feel like I might go a little lengthy, but nonetheless, we'll make sure that we get in this extensive chapter in Proverbs 11, uh, 32 chapters, I believe, I'm sorry, 32 verses, I believe, or 31 verses, mm-hmm. something like that. But we want to go through every line, but we also want to slow down and pull out some of the gems that the Lord would have for us today. To be quite frank, audience, if we were, if we digested every line, line by line, and everything stayed in the forefront, I think we wouldn't be able to handle it all at once. So God is gracious and he's given us this beautiful book full of so many treasures that it will last us our entire lifetime. So with that, I pray, Lord Jesus, I thank you this morning that you have saved me. I thank you that you have called me and I thank you that you have allowed us to have communion and that you've given me an opportunity to have some understanding. Just that little bit that I do have, I say, Lord, I need to guard it like my greatest treasure that communion with you, uh, as everyone may know, becomes more precious as you walk in the light and you start to turn around and you see that darkness will forever keep us separated from you. So I pray, Lord, Mm -hmm. that you would bless um, our lives and hearing and that whatever is shared this morning, Lord Jesus, you would meet everyone at the point of their very need and desire this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Proverbs 11, a false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. When pride comes, then comes dishonor, 
but with the humble is wisdom. The integrity of the upright will guide them, but the crookedness of the treacherous will destroy them. Riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. The righteousness of the blameless will smooth his way, but the wicked will fall by his own wickedness. The righteousness of the upright will deliver them, but the treacherous will be caught by their own greed. When a wicked man dies, his expectation will perish, <laughs> and the hope of strong men perishes. But the righteous is delivered from trouble, but the wicked takes his place. With his mouth, the godless man destroys his neighbor, but through knowledge, the righteous will be delivered. When it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices. And when the wicked perish, there are shouts, excuse me, there is joyful shouting, shouts of joy. By the blessing of the upright is a city exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked, it is torn down. He who despises his neighbor lacks sense but a man of understanding keeps silent. He who goes out about as a talebearer reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy conceals the matter. Where there is no guidance, the people fall, but in abundance of counselors, there is victory. He who is guarantor for a stranger will surely suffer for it, but he who hates being a guarantor is secure. A gracious woman attains honor and ruthless men attain riches. The merciful man does himself good, but the cruel man does himself harm. The wicked earns deceptive wages, but he who sows righteous gets a true reward. He who is steadfast and righteousness will attain to life, and he who pursues evil will bring about his own death. The perverse in heart are an abomination to the Lord, but the blameless in their walk are his delight. Amen. Assuredly, the evil man will not go unpunished, but the descendants of the righteous will be delivered. As a ring of gold in a swine's snout, so is a beautiful woman who lacks discretion. The desire of the righteous is only good, but the expectation of the wicked is wrath. There is one who scatters and yet increases all the more. And there is one who withholds what is justly due, and yet it results only in want. The generous man will be prosperous, and he who waters will himself be watered. He who withholds grain, the people will curse him, but blessings will be on the head of him who sells it. He who diligently seeks good seeks favor, but he who seeks evil, evil will come to him. He who trusts in his riches will fall, the righteous will flourish 
like the green leaf. He who troubles his own house will inherit wind, and the foolish will be servant to the wise-hearted. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. Fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he who is wise wins souls. If the righteous be, uh, if the righteous will be rewarded in this earth, how much more the wicked and the sinner. So let's take a look at this wonderful again chapter Mm. that has to stop, I guess, so that people can get a breath (laughs) else. The contrast that you see between the righteous and the upright will continue, and they will. If you've not noticed, coming out of the Proverbs of Solomon, written uh, as you, clearly to his son, but in a general sense, Solomon was given wisdom to lead the people. It's what he asked God for, and God gave it to him liberally, more than any man that we have record of. He was given wisdom. So while this was directed in many ways to his own, it was obviously an extension of what Solomon, uh, Solomon's mind that God gave him to wisely lead a people. So there are contrasts between righteous and upright paths and living and then that of the wicked. We're not going to go line by line today but we are going to highlight a few things. And today I'd like everybody maybe to think about a verse that stood out to you. One that maybe today you want to grapple with or take hold of or encourage yourself with, or maybe it confirms something. That's what the Proverbs often do for me. They confirm something I've been pondering over and wow, look at that. There's a proverb. I think it might be speaking to this situation. (laughs) And so I just hold on to it a little bit and they force you to contemplate. I don't know. It, it, a couple a couple of lines can force you to contemplate about them all day long if you allow them. Mm-hmm. So let's highlight a few things that may, however, help some of us. I'm going to save. Well, no, I won't save it. Uh, let's start with the verse one. This is one we may have heard before. A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Now, you may have heard that and you get uh, a couple of thoughts might come to mind. You might literally be thinking of that balance that weighs, you know, the five pound uh, meat on one hand and then, you, you know, you put a 10 pound piece of meat on the other hand and you see the balance is, um, you know, lean over to the, the, the 10 pounds because one is heavier than the other. You might get that image in your mind. But I want to sort of break in <clears throat> a little bit with uh, defining terms and words that we use and sometimes we lose a bit of the definition. This one's an interesting one because false weight originally in this context of scripture refer to weights in commerce. And so uh, the measurements that were given out to uh, give people their uh, wages, their just due, the, the, the pay that they were uh, uh, you know, supposed to get for, for doing labor was weighted out. And so the man basically who would cheat the guy <laughs> would be the one given the false weight. So this is an abomination to the Lord. And you might say, yeah, that word abomination is applied to other things and we've accepted them as abominable to God. But here the false weight in scripture is an abomination. So to steal, to cheat, you know, and practically speaking, if someone does a job and they are promised a certain pay or they have an expectation 
and they are falsely led. And when it comes time to receive that pay, they are then cheated out of it. That would be an example of a false balance. That cheating, particularly this was uh, a practice that, uh, you know, was, uh, sort of characterized the hire to his laborer that might have been a poor man. You know, people oftentimes get the idea that they can cheat people who they feel are lesser. <laughs> uh, rarely do they tend to do that with somebody they think is greater than themselves, depending on how they're looking at it. So I want us to pay attention to that. And the reason I maybe wanted to start with this one is because well, while many of us may think, well, maybe I'm not in that position today. Maybe that really doesn't apply to me. I probably would be the person who was cheated. I don't get enough this. I don't get enough that. <laughs> but be mindful. Sometimes we're always in the place where we are the ones extending a weight or a measurement. And because we are have greed <laughs> as a temptation in our lives, sometimes we too will be guilty of this. Whether you wanna count it as the same level of guilt <laughs> as somebody else's is up to you. But in God's eyes, I go, hmm, you know, maybe we ought to confess it mm. and start over again. Even in those minute things of life, even if you don't find yourself in what you think is a high position and you might not be the hirer, you may be the laborer. Before we think about ourselves and all the things that we feel are unjust and what we're not getting in terms of compensations, et cetera, let's also just use this time to look at ourselves and say, Lord Jesus, I don't want to be that because you say it's an abomination. I know you can take care of the want me in the midst of this happening. We see it happen every day. In many instances, just it's just not on, you know, in the forefront all the time, but people complain about it in a variety of ways and sometimes in secret ways. But let's not be that abomination. It's like discovering that you've lied and then you go back and find out where the liars sit before God. And all of a sudden you go, I cannot do, you know, I lied. You, you can call it what you want. You can say I misled or maybe I exaggerate it. But sometimes you sit there and you go, if I put the word liar on it, what does that do to me? You know, so same here. Let's remember today that this proverb might mean more to us than we know. Let's try to ask God to show us how to deliver a just balance, you know, and not be caught in the details of our lives and giving out uh, a false balance. But quickly, and then I will move on. It also means this false weight in modern times actually is interesting. It refers to presenting an argument um, and, and saying that the arguments, both sides of an argument are actually more balanced than they really are. Um, you know, you may see that one, let's use two people for an example. One, I'll use a child just to soften it up. One child may give a presentation of what happened and they argue one point and the other child comes back and argues another point. Well, maybe you have an affinity for one child over the other. <laughs> maybe one has a better. And so you sort of put more weight on what one child says than the other child. When you know there is something out of proportion or there's something left out, or even if you don't know, if there's something left out, uh, you're supporting one side more than the other. And I won't even use the terms that we use in the world today because the minute you do, they go off into places I don't want you to go. But let's look in the details of our life. Do we sometimes make something seem balanced that is not balanced? And this is a journalistic sort of consideration. So in the mm. same sense, however, as commerce, weights and measures, 
what we're saying is that even in the, the context that's used for the journalist, sometimes journalists will know there's omitted information and they won't give it to the public. That is a false balance. That's a representation or things are not proportionately presented to the public. And so I just thought that was interesting as we go about our days and consider the false balance representations that are all around us. Now let's move forward quickly. Quickly, I'm gonna go and just highlight five, verse five, just the righteousness of the blameless will smooth his way, but the wicked will fall by his own wickedness. And the reason I highlight this is because I read quite a bit, Phyllis, about what happens to those Christians who receive such unjust uh, you know, responses from their communities and governments in places um, not that it doesn't happen, unfortunately, in the United States in its own way, but there are some places on the face of the earth audience where, you know, it doesn't seem like the righteous, okay, his way is smooth. It doesn't seem like the righteousness of the blameless will smooth his way. It seems opposite of that. But I tell you, if we look at this outside of the context of just the everyday, and we are forced to do that, like it or not, the Lord has a plan, and there are many times when he shows it right here in front of us that the righteousness of the blameless, those who are not at fault, will smooth his way, even though sometimes it doesn't seem, and I think it all resonates with it, we think about it. Sometimes you do not um, think that your blamelessness actually has smoothed your way. Sometimes it feels opposite of that. But remember, the Bible mm -hmm. says, and he re reiterates that here in the scripture, and he re reiterates that in the entire Bible. The wicked will fall by his own wickedness. Pharaoh was an example of that. Uh, many people, many uh, kingdoms, many things have, you know, really resounded that. So let's be encouraged. In the proverb, the Bible, the Lord has given us something here that in, in, in a larger uh, way, he's actually presented this idea in other scriptures. So just let's be encouraged that the righteousness of the blameless, it will smooth his way. And it does sometimes show up, but when it doesn't, you remember that the wicked will fall by his own wickedness and that'll be reiterated later. Let's go quickly to 10, 10 verse 10 in Proverbs 11. It says, when it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices. One reason I remember this one stood out for me is because growing up, there was a song that was played by my mother and they, this was the scripture they referred to when the righteous prosper, the city rejoices when the wicked perish, there are shouts of joy. And so I always remember that when it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices, but when the wicked perish, there is joyful shouting. And I just quick note here, don't want to make it seem like when people we think are wicked or are wicked die, we sort of rejoice over their death and their their eternal state. That's not it. But the hand of the wicked as it uh, oppresses or you know persecutes, there is a, re a relief from that when they have perished. And so what we rejoice in is that um, when the righteous, things go well for the righteous, if there is righteous judgment and guidance and ruling and governance, the city can rejoice under that. But when the wicked perish, meaning what they what they did to govern was not in righteousness, uh, we are in a place of rejoicing. Uh, quickly, 13. He who goes out 
about as a talebearer or reveals secrets. And we can just stop there. We don't need any explanation or any <laughs> backup. But he who is trustworthy conceals a matter. And so let's all always be reminded of that. We're tempted to say we're just talking amongst ourselves, but we are influencing the hearts and minds of other people about the hearts and minds of other situations and other people. And so let's be very uh, apologetic if we fall into this trap. Let's not be talebearers and let's try to be more concealers and ask God to give you wisdom on how to handle information that you have. Move on to 15. He is a guarantor. This is another practical thing to remember in your life. And if you haven't noticed from the last session, the one before that, eventually you start seeing that, oh, God's really hitting things that happen in my practical life outside of the big things I can think of, you know, how to act, how to say, you know, here's one. <laughs> he who is guaranteed for a stranger will surely suffer for it. And a guarantor just means that you have agreed to make a payment for something. If you buy a car, you agree to be the person who will pay the debt. If you co-sign for a car, you agree that if the person who's driving it can't pay, I will. And <laughs> so be very careful. Mm -hmm. If you're a guarantor for a stranger, if you're doing something, and I do believe it literally means stranger, yet I want to remind us all that sometimes maybe we're not, we don't have a, an assurance of a person's reputation or their background. And so if you go in for as a guarantor for that person, um, it may be that you will suffer for it if they do not pay that. It says hereafter, you, uh, he who hates being a guarantor is secure. Well, why is that? <laughs> because now you have no debt. So um, you be very mindful that I don't believe it's God's plan for us to be in debt. Many people don't, but I, I know that we are uh, products of our culture and some things are told us in a certain way. So I would ask again, ask God to today show you, Lord Jesus, how do I come out of debt to get into that place of security? Meaning I'm not the guarantor for myself or for anyone else. And just, you know, give me wisdom when it comes to financial matters. All right. Uh, let's move on quickly to graciousness. Here's another one. And if you notice, while these are contrasts between righteous and upright uh, and the wicked, Solomon's hitting on a variety of issues that affect the lives of people in every day. And it really, it's a revealer of who we are in many instances, like in, um, I believe, uh, 16. Uh, a gracious woman attains honor. A ruthless man attains riches. And I'm just going to slow down on the gracious woman. I know that one of my last readings, I highlighted the woman who is the, the seductive one who draws out Solomon's telling his son, you know, the young man and, and leads him away to lust. And he ends up with basically nothing but death. There's only death there. But let's look at what a gracious woman would be like. I thought we should highlight the gracious woman in general the kind-hearted and courteous woman, the woman who has tact, and I will sort of, let's stress that. If you're a tactful person, you do things in a proper manner, and I don't mean the British uh, sense of proper, you know, the way that you hold your spoon or your fork or the dress that you have. I mean that you have a sensitivity toward what is appropriate. And so being a gracious woman if you know any, any women, and I think most of us do, let's keep that in mind when we encourage that woman or when we look at ourselves. Are we functioning in a way where we are sensitive to what's appropriate and proper in a particular context? 
also being just courteous. You know, so many young girls I see, and we go through those attitudes growing up. If you know any girl like this, you know, and pray over it and encourage her to be gracious. We have such a funky attitude, such as we're so, we don't look inviting and, and kind at all. We have, we roll our eyes and suck our teeth and don't like what our parents are saying and, you know, walk out the door. That's not being, that's not developing an attitude of graciousness or a characterization of graciousness. And then, con- this is an interesting one, condescendingly courteous. I like that only because Mm -hmm. why the Bible tells us that the Lord himself condescended to men of low degree. I mean, can you get a better cross reference than that in the New Testament? He came down to us to meet us where we are, not in the way that people use condescending now. They use it always in a negative. Oh, she sounded so condescending. Well, maybe it can be uh, a negative, but it can also be a positive that maybe if I try to come to, again, using children, a person's place where their their level, if you will, in a kind way, courteous, being tactful, right? You can meet them where they are. You can condescend in a sense like Christ did, though he really did condescend, but we can try to meet people where they are. So this woman can be that. And the last one would be an indulgent woman, not indulgent again in a negative sense, but one who indulges others, that woman of hospitality or that woman who goes beyond the call of duty, that type of indulgence would characterize a gracious woman. And so that woman attains honor. And if we could achieve that just in our own homes, I think we'd be satisfied as women. Men, if you know any woman out there, it is probably a good idea to pray and ask God to show you how to influence her toward being gracious. All right, and moving along, uh, let's go to just a couple more verses. And then maybe if anybody wants to highlight a verse that stood out for them today, uh, that would be great. Um, let's go to verse 22, and we'll be down to the last two sections here. This one's an interesting one. I used to hear this growing up from time to time, and you know, you think about it, and you know at the very onset that there's something that doesn't match when you hear about a pig having a ring in his nose <laughs> or her nose, uh, and, and that's pretty much what I remember primarily, just the ring and the snout of a pig or the swine, but let's read it all. As a ring, as a ring of gold in a swine's snout, so is a beautiful woman who lacks discretion. So think about the pig and the purpose of any sort of gold ring in his snout at all. There is no purpose. And this illustration was meant to show that one does not really belong with the other. There's a mismatch of presentation here. A pig, there's just no practical or adorning reason that a pig and a gold ring would come together. Again, these are two things that don't belong together. So like that, like that, what else doesn't belong together? A beautiful woman and a lack of discretion. So beautiful, uh, thankfully, doesn't have to mean just whatever image popped into your head, but a beautiful woman, a woman who's gracious, a woman who is uh, pleasant to look at, a woman who has a beautiful character, a woman who's beautiful in any sense, a woman who goes about wanting to be beautiful, but lacks discretion. And let's get real practical here. Again, if you are a woman 
or if you know a woman, um, there's a lot of indiscretion that is propagated in our culture when it comes to presentation. And women sort of embrace indiscretion more so than discretion. They think, look at discretion as being old fashioned. And I'm looking, I'm talking now in terms of just our physical uh, presentation. And that's not the only thing we're gonna talk about, but that alone uh, sort of sometimes represents what's going on in the heart of that woman. The beautiful woman is mismatched if she has no discretion. Uh, I can appreciate some of the old movies when they present the beautiful woman or the put together woman who is purposely trying to um, walk in discretion. Because while that may seem a little outdated or not your style, there is a, a lesson to be learned there. And oftentimes that woman would be the one who was most uh, revered or honored and respected. But the mm -hmm. indiscreet woman, you know, represented, it, she oftentimes would not be treated that way. She was lesser of her was expected. So again, if we can encourage ourselves as women and discretion in terms of just that, but let's look even further than that. Let's look at what comes out of our mouths, what we expose ourselves to. If God is the Lord of your life, and I remember a time in high school when there was a, a little bit of a fashion, and I thought, oh, that's neat, you know, and I wore it. I, I kind of feel like when I think back that maybe my parents might have cringed a little bit at, at those fashions. And thankfully, I kind of mm. came away from it and threw away a couple of those garments that later, when I learned a little bit more about really what certain things invite, I threw them away. <laughs> um, you keep them in the drawer and then you throw them away one day. But nonetheless, um, when I think of what you know can come out of your, your mouth, um, another incident, if anybody's out there, and again, you know, I, I like to use children and family because I have children and family, and so a lot of examples come out of that. Um, but, you know, what could come out of your mouth, what you allow yourself to say, what you've allowed yourself to think, there is no discretion behind it. You're not taking into consideration that presentation in terms of the hearer, the seer, how God isn't looking at that. How does that even interpret in terms of the moral values that you say you hold dear or that you like, uh, you know, a five-year-old to have, but you yourself are playing in muddy waters. You're not being discreet in what you say, how you say it, what you do, how you do it, um, how you present yourself before others. And uh, eventually it, uh, you know, it really doesn't give you a return that's one that is honoring or respectful. So I just wanted to sort of highlight that in terms of our practical. And as we close out, let's go to verse 31. And again, verse 30, though, you've probably heard that one. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And sure, those aren't apples and oranges, but what comes out of my life is a tree of life in the world in which I live. It, it, it's a wellspring. It actually, this is, again, there's lots of metaphors and personification going on in the scriptures here, but the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. What comes out of my life, living under the righteousness of Christ Jesus, obviously, brings life. It is life-giving, not only to me, but to those around me. And 31, if the righteous will be rewarded in the earth, again, shifting gears here a bit, how much more the wicked and the sinner? Now let's, what does that mean? 
the righteous is rewarded in the earth. And I appreciate it yesterday when Sharice was talking and she would say what she got from it. And she would just basically say, well, it says if the righteous will be rewarded. And out of that, I can imagine her probably saying something like, well, that means that the righteous is rewarded. There is a reward for the righteous. So there, there is. But if the righteous will be rewarded, how much more the wicked and sinner? I don't mean if you get chocolates, then God's going to give chocolate to the, the wicked too, or we're getting the same reward. But the idea here is that there is a reward and there's a compensation for, your, for you in, in, in the earth. For you as the righteous, there's a compensation type thing. There is a reward. There is also a reward for the wicked and the sinner. And that reward is going to be a just reward. God gives to his children good gifts, but he does have reserved for the wicked and those who reject him a type of reward that will reward them according to their works. And that is not uh, something to look forward to. If you do not know Christ, there is a reward for you. Unfortunately, it's not, you know, a positive thing that you would look forward to. It's something I would hope you'd want to shun. So if you do not know the Lord, if you reject him, if you say, I really don't care, <laughs> just remember the Bible and our lives. If you never knew the Bible, not a word of it, you've learned the principle of sowing and reaping. What we sow, we will reap. We always have a reward. And I thought this was just, again, Solomon wanting his son to become a sober-minded person. Solomon charged with presenting, um, you know, God's mind, if you will, on certain matters. Um, and he's giving us the contrast between one way and another way. And so today I pray that the Lord would allow us to ponder over whatever proverb we need at this time and that we would be faithful and we would be so grateful that he has given us abundance. Our table is filled. May we take of it what we need and be satisfied. Phyllis? Amen. Glory to God. Absolutely lovely. Just so lovely. Thank you so much. You've highlighted um, really, really the, the very um, different Proverbs here that speak about things that we kind of don't uh, think about uh, in our daily activities. And while you were talking, I wrote a little statement. I guess I put it in the chat. Uh, you said something that made me remember the law was a is is a mirror for mm. the believer. We can look into it and see our real, true character. And in looking at these Proverbs, especially those that you've highlighted, um, they detail the activities of your usual day. That was the amazing part that you brought to me this morning, that the Proverbs really do speak to, and, and I repeat your words, the activities of our everyday lives. And it gets into the, well, it gets away from those very blatant sins, you know, the 10, and into mm -hmm. the cracks and crevices of our heart and mm -hmm. our our mm -hmm. minds. 
Yes, mm-hmm. I, I really do. It is amazing. And uh, you also spoke very much on the, and I love the way you are so gentle with the uh, condemnation of those things that are uh, directed towards any one a person kind of, you know, gender, gender here. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. information that you brought out about the woman, just that was gorgeous. A gracious woman, a woman of hospitality, a one who condescends to others. And your explanation of that, I, I, I'm just repeating what everyone has heard. I don't really mean to do that, but it meant so much to me. And I have uh, opportunity to open comment. I wanted also to cross-reference that one particular description of the mm-hmm. woman with 1 Timothy 2.9. As we live a contemporary life in a contemporary society that has discarded so much that the Bible teaches, I think it was it is really good to highlight it. And 1 Timothy 2.9 says, in like manner also, uh, that a woman adorn herself in modest apparel with mm-hmm. shame, shamefacedness and sobriety mm-hmm. and with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, not with braided hair, but mm-hmm. that which becometh a woman professing godliness with mm-hmm. also good works. And <clears throat> it isn't so much that a woman has to look like a homely, uh, you know, uh, drawn-faced, subservient person. It is that we must consider, I believe, our the feminine attributes that call attention to us anyway. We already are adorned. It's like the lion, Mm -hmm. you know. Well, it's not like the lion. Actually, the the male lion has that gorgeous mane, and the female lion is the sleek and beautiful creature. She's just sleek and lovely, right? No ostentatiousness about her, but she's a fierce fighter. And therefore, we should consider ourselves in like manner and make sure that we're not calling further attention to those Mm -hmm. things which already attract attention in ways that may be seductive or Mm -hmm. unseemly. So I I love that part. And um, please do not get the idea that you shouldn't go to the beauty parlor or you shouldn't Mm -hmm. even braid your hair. I think that Mm -hmm. culture and society define all those in our contemporary lives. And so what we do is we take everything, the fashion, whatever it is, and you, uh, you weigh it or you measure it like your first statement of just weight, you know, <laughs> that was so good. Anna Kane, you have brought out so much here today yeah. and it's so hard for us to go back over, <clears throat> but, but you want to go back over, you know, because you it do. was so yes. enlightening. Yes. And can mm-hmm. I make Excuse a comment me. about what you just said that yes. you highlighted that? Um, and this is for men and women mm-hmm. alike. This is for men and women alike. Uh, that mm-hmm. That is a verse in Hebrews. And it, you know, the beginning of that verse is the word of God is like a two-edged sword. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of asunder of soul and spirit. But at the end of that, it says, <laughs> is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And I tell you what, when it comes to discretion, let's face it, uh, the Lord, while you can give any argument you want, but there's that deep down knowing that we all have about mm. what we're trying to evoke 
period. And only God can know that. I don't care what Amen. we say. He can know that. And that's where the conscience or that's where the Holy Spirit can get you. <laughs> you cannot escape what's deep down in that little bit. I don't care if it's 1%. So when it comes to the modesty or the presentation and the gracious, all those things, sometimes, and, and, and you're right. Culture, I, I, you know, there's always a, a shifting that happens and maybe people get caught in the middle of the shift. But let's speak today. In the day that we find ourselves in, that whole idea of what the description of the woman, for instance, and I would say there is a description of a man, uh, but you know, yes. we're not allured by the same things that some people were allured by then. And so he's speaking with those very allurements that were um, characterized of people who on purpose were trying to, again, evoke a certain, uh, you know, uh, a certain look or a certain uh, way about themselves. And so it was very obvious. And so hence the description. But today we have other things that will fit exactly in those passages. Uh, pants yes. was another issue I know that's more of a modern issue um, in terms of why you're wearing them. What is that trying to evoke in the public? What, what does that mean? And so there was a transition that happened there too. And, and you know, I think go before God and say, Lord Jesus, if in me at my heart, my intention is to grab more than I should or to evoke a certain something that I know I really shouldn't. I've got to deal with that. So he is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our heart in light of even the way we try to um, interpret how we live in light of scriptures like that, that one. And I know that's one that's been sort of talked about over the years, you know, what's right for a woman, what's not right for a woman. Hey, what's right for a man? Men do the same thing. <laughs> you know, uh, when bikers came out, I remember thinking, hmm, should those men be out there wearing those things like that? That's a little provocative, you know. Um, so there are lots of things that apply to all of us. And I just want to say, however, though, that that scripture in Hebrews, and thank you for that cross reference. I wrote it down. But he is a discerner of the thought. Yes. And by the way, that's a scary thing. That's a scary thing that he's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of my heart, because I know sometimes there's a little 2% going on here when the 80% seems to be right. And that smaller percentage is a little bit off. We, we, we you know what? Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Uh, daily, we are, we are so, we know we're born in sin, Lord Jesus. We know it. And scriptures like this meet us where we are, where no man can see. And I, I, you know, as we read and all contemplate, let's remember those things. And it's not easy and it's not by our own strength. Uh, it is by the Holy Spirit, because even when I say in my head, I want to do right. My flesh is pulling to do something. I don't even know sometimes what I'm doing. <laughs> I just stop and go, I'm not doing this quite right. I need to sit down. You know, I need to almost do nothing for a second because I feel the taintedness of my own flesh. So, you know, praise God for the word. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> and <clears throat> excuse me, our our continuation, our continuing in the word is what brings out um, the very details that we need to consider. I really appreciate the final of that verse that you quoted, that the <clears throat> the word of God is sharper than a two edged sword. <laughs> <clears throat> I tell you guys, it's morning. And a cup of water me. is helpful. <laughs> um, and um, until I start to talk, uh, you know, I don't know what, what my voice is going to sound like. But nonetheless, <laughs> um, the, the word is also a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. 
And that discernment is both from God and for us. When we read, we get a real picture, really and truly, of God's righteousness. And that is a mirror to my own unrighteous thoughts Mm -hmm. and my Mm -hmm. unrighteous intentions, my motives behind what I do. And as we grow in Christ, it is always present there. You're never going to walk out of that. I don't believe anyone does not get the the alert of the Holy Spirit when we're walking off course. And thank you, Father, for that, because ultimately we do want to dwell in righteousness and in rest and peace with our Father in the eternal place that he has prepared for us. There's just one last um, proverb, Anna, that you did not, uh, you didn't highlight. And I, Mm -hmm. I do want to highlight it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we sh- sometimes people shy away from giving because, of course, giving means that you're taking from yourself, oh, but yeah. you're really not taking from yourself. You're taking from the bounty that God has uh, given you to be steward over. You are actually sharing out of the uh the, the the pot, so to speak, that the Lord has filled. And he's allowed you to take out of that pot for yourself. But this, in, in the, I think it starts with, uh, let's see, verse 24 reads, there is that scattereth and mm-hmm. yet increases. Now think mm-hmm. about that. There's, mm-hmm. there's some, when you scatter, right, you're giving out, you're giving out, you're giving out. And the pot just keeps getting a field over and over mm-hmm. again. And there is that withholdeth more than is meat or necessary, mm-hmm. but it tendeth to poverty. Mm-hmm. So when you try to hold on to what you have, you actually are, uh, you cause a leak in the pot. Mm-hmm. So you tend mm-hmm. to create your own poverty by being stingy. It's just the way it is. If you're not giving, you also are not increasing. You're not getting. Now, that is a principle of God that we just cannot fight with. Mm -hmm, In my mm -hmm. own life, there have been times when I, um, I gave and it just kept coming and I just kept giving. And then when it felt like I wasn't going to have enough, I withhold and truly didn't have enough. So that principle, and I'm not talking about tithing at all. I am Mm -hmm. simply talking Mm -hmm. about a way of life that Mm -hmm. causes us from our hearts to share, to give, to be conscious of those who have a need. And some, I get a little, uh, when it comes to mind, you know, because sometimes I'm just living and not thinking about anything except that which is right around me and not the extended a group <clears throat> that I know. So I have needs with, you know, family members who have needs. And just because I know they do, ever so often I really need to give out of my own bounty. And even if my, I don't think my bounty is bounty and I feel like I'm in lack I still need to share because my lack, my or, or the, the lesser that I have is still even more than what others have. And the Lord has a way of giving back to us when we give 
especially, mm-hmm. you know, when we read to, through the Psalms, we found out something that I guess I did know, but it was highlighted even more. God loves the poor and the needy, and he has given us a responsibility as his children to see to that. However, we can do that. Isaiah 58, again, really says that the the fast that he has chosen is not one where you, you know, afflict yourself uh, and, you know, go in and whatever, not eating and all that. We do in a fast, and I believe in fasting that way. But he's saying the outworkings of it is to deal your bread to the hungry and to not withhold what you have from your kinsmen, so so to speak. And then uh, verse 25 says, the liberal soul shall be made fat and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. Isn't that a wonderful thing? He that withholdeth mm-hmm. corn, I'm sorry, the people shall curse him, but yeah. blessing shall be upon the head of him that sells it. <laughs> Go on, Anna. No, I get excited. Phyllis knows I do. And I just jump right in on somebody's sentence thinking I can ride in with them. I just want to say that's beautiful. Okay. Meant to, 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 to slow down and re- and highlight that. So that was perfect. I, I did want to say one thing that came to me in my study with this scripture, because what you said is 100%. So this is just in behind that. Sometimes mm-hmm. I've noticed that uh, people don't see the giving heart of another, but they do see the prosperity of another. And so while we've learned already that some prosperity comes by ill-gotten means, we, we know that, but that will you know tell itself out. Sometimes, I guess, I think it can actually breed a selfishness in us to actually watch people prosper. But what we don't always see, uh, and that that's sort of right that doesn't seem to be the right thing to watch somebody prosper but i get more selfish i think it's because we're trying to be prosperous with like other people but then we want to hold on so we give less to try to see if we can build up (laughs) some sort of prosperity too but i i I do know that there have been people and times when there's been a lot of prosperity on one end but the person looking you know in doesn't know that and so they have a resentfulness and i just want to say lord guard our hearts from when we seek to do that one and being boastful of our giving when that happens and then two just um, being mindful that there are people who are reaping from principles that they've applied for themselves and you don't Mm. always know that and so let's just be you know grateful and and happy for others as we seek to follow the scripture for ourselves that's all i want Mm -hmm. i like that very much and let us not be envious of the um those who for whatever reason, have gained, um, but, but rejoice that the Lord has caused us to flourish, even in the midst of the perverse and crooked right. world, even right. where uh, the the um, the equality may be lacking, and we don't have the same opportunities. Let us continue in the way of God and see how He will turn the table, if He will indeed. Remember, the Lord has a plan for us, those who have been redeemed, those who he's he's drawn to himself. He has a plan for us. And we sometimes, I do, get waylaid by the fact that I am really living in the world and that those things that my lustful eyes see, I long to be able to possess, right? 
And then I have to shake myself like Samson did and allow my strength, the spiritual strength to restore me and to change my perspective. God is very good, has been very good to me. And there are no complaints. Those things that he's made me rich in have been worth my, um, the, the, their, their, their value is worth the lack, so to speak, though I have no lack. May God be praised. But welcome, princes. We're so glad you're here. Every one of you who has come today, you are part of a fellowship. We are in fellowship. And our our series of in fellowship, our focus during this one, we are titled, uh, we have titled Apples of Gold. And uh, we are reading through the Proverbs. Absolute, absolute, Lord, I can't speak it. Apples of gold, reading <laughs> through Proverbs. That's right. <laughs> For the month of July. Remember, there are 31 uh, chapters in Proverbs. There are 31 days in this month. And I chose uh, July because we're in the seventh month of the year. Uh, I believe that we should read Proverbs a couple of times per year mm-hmm. because it's replete with the wisdom that God has spoken. These little when big nuggets of truth or wisdom will guide our way and cause us to live a life that is guided by the voice of God's wisdom. He indeed did give it to Solomon, but you know, he also gave it to David. David's wisdom was to always submit to, to God in in his recognition of God's will and God's way. Thus he earned this absolute accolade from the Lord that he is a man after God's own heart. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that's what we want to be. <clears throat> we want to be people after God's own heart. Great day, everybody. Be blessed. Some of them golden apples. <laughs> Oh, be blessed. Get some of those golden apples, says Light Touch. Thank you. And Tony, thank you so much. Tony is so, uh, he's so constant with us. We are so blessed at this time. A a young man who probably has embodied many of the Proverbs uh, because of the testimony he shared with us. And Light Touch, of course, you are my uh, constant support. I really appreciate it. I, I thank God for dining this morning, for Teeny, for Auntie C, for Icy. I thank the Lord that all of you have taken time out of your day Big Chief Thunder Lung, thank you. I've seen you before, Big Chief. We're going to get to know you and the trumpet. Uh, hallelujah! These apple, these uh, handles are beautiful. The, the, we call them the um, profile names. I love it. They really, really do speak uh, to something about how you're thinking. And of course, I think a thing when I read them. So, <laughs> um, thank you for for joining us. Generally, I would I would give us some quiet, soft music while it's being read, but I can't kind of control that soft music so that it's soft enough, right? Uh, so sometimes I turn it on, and then other times I I, I don't. So I didn't this morning because this um, I had gotten into it, and I was. My focus was really on her comments in the the scripture. So God bless you all. My prayer 
The Lord's way is awesome. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Amen. 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 It is so true. And uh, let's see. The, I love the hands on the profiles. Oh, the handles on the profile. Yeah, me too. Fresh and Spaces, for example. Uh, that is our, our, our reader for today. And I must tell you, she possesses just that quality to freshen up a space. That's what she does very well. Uh, when she used to go come home from college, my friend would say, Honest home, isn't she? Or Chuck Chucky, because that's what we call it. And she was right every time. And I would say, How do you know that? And she would say, Cause I could tell about by the, the touch, the space. And I was a I was a housekeeper. I mean, my house was clean, but there's a little arrangement of the candles or just the right way to put the glasses and all that stuff. A gracious woman in her way, in that way. And I'm sure that we all possess the beautiful, special gifts that God has mm -hmm. given us. And when we, by the power of the Spirit, are led to be ourselves amongst uh, a community, amongst others, God is glorified. Hallelujah. Be the best self that you are in reflection to God's word. Mm -hmm. Seeing and listen, I must tell you, the best life you can ever hope to know is to see yourself far, way before you see somebody else. See yourself. Mm -hmm. Ask the Lord to make the necessary surgery to your heart, your mind, that you may walk mm -hmm. in, in the very gift that he's given you, but in the balance and the beauty of the leading of the Holy Spirit. And you will definitely bring honor and glory to our Father and to yourself. Be blessed. Thank you. We're back on our regular schedule, and we shall meet at 8.30 this evening to, to read. And I will tell you, the reason that we do it twice a day is because we are in one time zone, and the rest of the world is in uh, uh, several other time zones. So we're just trying to uh, cross those time zones so that wherever someone has a possibility to listen, they we, we are available there. And I know we won't reach the whole world, but honest to goodness, by God's grace and power, I will do what he called me to do, and he will reach whoever he chooses. And I'm always happy about that. We have dined at a well, uh, well set table, and the, 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 good food that was on it has been absolutely delicious, wouldn't you say? And therefore, at the end of a dinner party, right, everybody's in a really good mood because the, the food has been delicious and the fellowship has been likewise. And so we're ready to take off with a real uh, joyful um, <laughs> ending. Go in the peace and, and love of God. Know that wherever you are in the world, he is there also. We have testimony to that because Tony joined us from uh, where he is. He's in, way away from us. And I'll let him tell us where he is. Some people wouldn't want that done. But nonetheless, he's not where I am, but he is where God is. And this day is an exaltation of the power and the glory of our Father. Thank you so much for coming. And I look forward to being in fellowship with you 
from now on, whether you come back or not, I have met you and I will never forget that I met you. And that day when we sit at the real ultimate dinner party, the the, the lamb's um, uh, supper there, supper with the lamb, right? In the glory that God has prepared for us, we're going to recognize each other for just this fellowship. I bless the Lord for you. Have a wonderful day. Have a great day. And let the music make you smile as you reconsider these nuggets that we've had from God's word. Anna Kane, you are a blessing. Thank you so much for joining and bringing those wonderful comments. Always a great job. Light touch, the whole of you. Thank you a thousand. Tony, Thank you. Donnie, Icy. Uh, what is it? Thunder. I can't see all the names anymore, but <laughs> Thunder, Big Chief Thunderlong. That's that's fabulous. I want to meet you, Big Chief. And um, the trumpet, sounding the trumpet of God, his word, warning that he is coming. Teeny, teeny, the tiny one born, very small from what I recall. Fresh and Spaces, Tony Richie. Okay, I've, I've done it enough. Okay, God bless you. And I shall see you next time. Have a good day. Yes, have a great day in Christ. <laughs>